Hey, you're listening to the Abide Podcast. To find out more about Abide, go to AbideChurchFL.com and enjoy today's message. We've been in a series called Make Space, and kind of the mantra for the series has been this. When we make space, God invades that space. Let's say it. When I make space, when I make space God, invades that space. God invades that space. As as we walk with the Lord and as we as we navigate with him through the journey that God has you on. How many of you know you are on a journey with the Lord? Okay, let's try that again. How many of you know you are on a journey with the Lord? The Bible says you are meant to go from glory to glory. That means as the Lord moves, that's why I felt it so significant today. We are a church that if the Lord doesn't go, we don't want to go. Like, I'm serious. If, 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 if we have been in worship and we still haven't gotten to where we feel the Lord is taking us, we're going to take an extra 20, 30 minutes. Yeah. Because this word, this word, does not hit the heart if the heart's not prepared for it the right way. You see that all throughout the Gospels. The Pharisees, the people who crucified Jesus, knew the most about the word. They had memorized the word, yet they missed him. Because their heart was not positioned in the right place. So sometimes, listen, I know we worship for an hour today. But the important thing as we enter into his presence is that he would be glorified. That we're building a house that is for him. It's for him, it's to him, it's through him. Everything that we do is for him. That is Jesus, by the way. And so I want to read to you Revelations 2. What, a, what an amazing word last week by Jesse Berkey. Did you enjoy that? Oh. Come on. I've been thinking about it all week. What, what tree am I eating from? Because God gives you a choice. He doesn't force your face into a tree. We have free will. It's good. And so I want to kind of piggyback off of that today in Ephesians, in, uh, sorry, Revelations 2. I want to read, and this is a letter to the church of Ephesus. And it says this. I'm going to start in verse 2. I don't have this one up because I want you to look at it in your Bible because this is the most, one of the most important things I'm going to read today. Revelations 2 says this, for these are the words, for these are the words of the one who holds the seven stars firmly in the right hand. Verse 2, sorry. I know all that you've done for me. This is Jesus speaking to the church. You have worked hard and persevered. I know that you do not tolerate evil. You have tested those who claim to be apostles and proved that they are not for they are imposters. I know how you have bravely endured trials and persecutions because of my name, yet you have not become discouraged. So, so, so watch this. The word of the Lord is he's speaking to this church and he's affirming all of the good things they do. What are those things? They have works. They have learned how to rightly divide apostles because there are apostles even still today. If there were not apostles today, there would be no need to rightly divide them. And so they, they've learned to, to see what, what is a true man of God and what isn't and what is an imposter. And they have done works and they have persevered. So I would say to you, these are probably some mature Christians. These are people that have, that have been with the Lord for some time. But then he changes, he changes his tone and he says this, but I have this one thing against you. Say one thing. One you have abandoned the passionate love you had for me at the beginning. One of the translations by NLT says this, you have abandoned first love. Yeah. Repent and do the work of love you did at first. Then I will come to you and remove your lampstand in its place. Although, you, although to your credit you despise the Nicolaitans, these were people who thought of themselves better than everyone else. To those whose heart is open, one of the translations says this, to those who have ears, let them hear. 
Three times in this chapter, it says the same thing. To those who have ears, let them hear. To those who have ears, let them hear. This means this. Means this. It is possible for you to be in a place where you are hearing, yet you not hear. It is possible for you to be in the presence of, it's what I was said earlier. Just because I step into a gym does not mean I'm going to be in shape. It is possible for you to be in the presence of God. And here's what it really means. It is possible for you to hear, but for it not to land in your heart. It is possible, listen, if you don't yield, if you don't yield your, your heart, and if you don't surrender, surrender is the beginning place. That's why we believe in repentance. Repentance is not something you do when you f- first meet Jesus. It is a constant stripping away of everything that has been added onto me. I'm talking about religion. Things that you have believed, things that you have carried on, repent and, and turn yourself to first love. And I need you to know today, this is all that God is after, that you would be the supreme thing in his heart. And that he would be the supreme thing in your heart. That like, like, like we sang today, that nothing else would matter. Nothing in this world would do. That Jesus would be the center. So we have said, we don't really believe that Jesus would, should be first. We believe he should be center. For Jesus to be first, it means that there would be a second. And there is nothing like Jesus. The goal would be that everything in my life would, would, would flow from this person. That my relationship with him would change the way I see people, the way I treat people, the way I talk about people. Are you alive? Yeah. I got my hands back. That, that, that from this place, so, so let me say this to you. God has chosen you, and God has dreams for you, and he cares about your dreams. Like there are things inside of you that I believe are going to be, able, they're going to be released, and they're going to be activated, and this is important. Listen, when you go to, uh, this, you went to a cell phone store. How many of you have cell phones? Now, you went to a cell phone store. When you went to the store, they gave you a phone. And that phone became your, it was in your possession. But that phone became use. it only became useful when it was activated. So how silly would it be if somebody came up to you with an iPhone, they're like, look at my iPhone. Like, well, well, it's not activated, I just have an iPhone. This is the Christian life. I'm a Christian. Okay. No, 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 look, I'm a Christian, I go to church every Sunday. I would say to you, have you been activated? Like, have you, have you given yourself to walk with the Lord and to dream with him and believe with him that, that he says that, the Bible says he is a giver of good gifts. Yeah. Sometimes good gifts come in the form, oh, I don't know if I could say that to you today. I don't know if you're ready for it. Sometimes good gifts come in the form of chastening. Meaning the Lord, he is disciplining you to become everything that you always wanted to be. Like a master potter for that potter to, to put, the, to put the, the stuff on, what is the name of it? Clay. The clay. <laughs> I'm so, I didn't preach last week. I'm like. So for the clay to be, the clay is at the mercy of the potter. The clay does not tell the potter what it wants to become. Whenever the potter wants to push down the clay, he pushes down the clay. And at the end of the day, it becomes whatever the potter wants it to be. This should be the Christian life. And I would say to you today, will you make space for the real thing? I want the real thing. 
Like, I want the real thing. This is what we're after. I don't want some religion that has been handed on to me. I don't want to know God based off of those that went before me. We honor those who go before us. But we stand on their shoulders to step into something new. To go from glory to glory to believe that God has more for us. And the biggest temptation that we have today is to settle for good when we have great. It's for you to become impatient. In the midst of God taking you on this journey, that you would become impatient and that your life would become more about works and more about what you can do than realizing that God has called you to first love. That you would spend every day with him. Like if he never, if he never used you to heal another person or to give another word, that you would be satisfied and your heart would say, Jesus, you are enough. You are enough. And so I believe God is looking for a person. That would solely be his. As the Lord calls David in the Bible, he called David a man after God's own heart. What does that look like today? In the midst of all of our distractions and all of the things that we have going on. Don't you think it's crazy that we have to be so intentional about pushing away busyness to connect with the Lord? Think about it. That we would have to be so intentional because life has been moving at such a rapid pace that we would have to really, really, really like put the cell phone on silent and not let anybody distract us to be able to enter into his presence when that was what we were created for. Jesus hung on a tree for you to die to sin, but it would also be that you would become alive to him. Not just that you would be free from sin, but that you would step into glory and that you would walk as a son and a daughter of God. This is the gospel. It's so simple. God made it. We broke it. Jesus fixed it. And now what are we going to do with it? What are we going to do with this thing that we have been given? And here's what I feel today. God is saying to his people, I'm getting ready to birth something through you. We are people of promise. Say, I am a person of promise. Try it again like you believe it. I am a person of promise. There are dreams inside of me. God is trying to use you. And so sometimes we read this Bible and we say, well, God, have your glory. I would say to you, he's trying to get his glory through you. He's trying to use you and he's taking you on a journey. And I want to take you through this story. Listen, I'm going to go quick. I know. I know some of you are like, oh, it's almost 12 and I'm hungry. Stop. (laughs) Jesus said this is food. He said that. I want to take you through Genesis. Listen, as this church, we're going to start walking you through this Bible. And we're going to start teaching you because it's important. This is your only offensive weapon. The Bible says there are a lot of things, but most of the things that have been given to you are defensive, meaning you rest in God and he takes care of the battle. But this is the offensive. This is what you win battles with. Amen? Amen. I want to take you to Genesis 12 really quickly. And I want to speak to you about being a person of promise and waiting for the real thing. In Genesis 12, we find a man called Abram, who later will become Abraham. And we see that God chose Abraham. He sees Abraham, and and, and he chooses him. And he gives Abraham this amazing promise I want to read to you. So Genesis 12, verse 1 says this. The Lord said to Abraham, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. This is the promise. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. Watch this. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse. Some of you are busy trying to get even. God said, I will bless those who bless you and I will curse those who curse you. That's the Bible. 
Like all you have to do is rest and let him fight your battles. Listen, God will let you fight your own battle. If you're here today and you struggle with anxiety or depression, God will let you fight that battle until you yield fully to him. I know it is. We've walked, we have walked through this. And so I'm saying to you, because we are people of free will, he will allow us to get to the place where we have nothing else, and from there we can begin with him. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those who curse you, and all the people of the earth will be blessed through you. This is the promise that was given to the father of the faith. It is the promise that we carry today. That we would begin, listen, uh, hear me. The church does not need more pastors. When I go into my prayer closet with the room, which I do often, God does not call me Pastor Gio. If you hear, like if you're in your closet and somebody's calling you prophet something, you might have some issues. (laughs) He just calls me Gio. And from that place of affirmation of being a son, I can accomplish everything that he's called me to accomplish. Like, well, what is he called me to do? To destroy the works of the devil. If there's a sick in front of you, you pray for the sick. If somebody needs a word, you prophesy and you give them life. If you see somebody who's hungry, you feed them. The gospel is tangible. And so Abraham has been given this promise, and it is an amazing promise. But but the question becomes, what do you do when God gives you something that you don't know what to do? (laughs) Like, what do you do? Like, God calls Abraham and he says, I want you to leave everything that you know. This was the guy who was blessed. He was a person of stature. He was a person who who had a lot of influence. And God calls him out of that place into something new. And you have to realize today when God calls you, very rarely does he show you where you're going. Like some of us, we wait, like, God, I want the full plan. I want you to show me. And God is saying, if you were to just put one step, well, God, where are we going? Don't worry, I'll show you. But like, I want, wouldn't it be so amazing if you had like a, a Holy Spirit GPS guide and you just knew like left turn here. But part, part of you maturing with the Lord is you trusting him every step of the way. Your word is a lamp into my feet and a guide into my path. Meaning as I walk with the Lord, he illuminates what would be the next step in my life. If this room was completely dark and there was no light in this room and all I had was a lamp, how many of you know I could not see from here to the door? That light would only illuminate a few steps in front of me and I would have to walk at the mercy of the light. And this is the Christian life, and this is the invitation that the Lord was giving to Abraham, to walk and to be fully dependent on him. And so chapter 12, God gives him a promise. They leave. He takes Lot with him, which caused problems because, listen, as you climb the mountain of the Lord, you can't take things that are familiar with you. God said, leave your family and everything familiar. He brought Lot. And the only thing that will happen when you try to bring things with you on this God journey is they will slow you down. By chapter 15, Abraham, Abram, becomes weary how many of you know sometimes when god gives you a promise that you don't see it in 45 seconds you become weary (laughs) like today god will speak to some of you and by the time you leave the door you're like i should be like my bank account should be boom (laughs) because we think that way but you have to know today god is in it for the long game 
He's in it for the long game. And so God comes back to Abraham, and in verse 12, he, re- he reconfirms. He reconfirms his promise. Sorry, it wasn't verse 12. It was verse 1. Sometime later, the Lord spoke to Abraham in a vision. He said, do not be afraid, Abram, for I will protect you, and your reward will be great. And then watch this. Look at the heart of Abraham in this place. He said, but God, O sovereign Lord, what good are all of your blessings when I don't even have a son? Like he can't, he has, he doesn't have the ability to see what God has spoken to him yet. And some of you here today, it's the same. You've grown weary in waiting for the real thing. Because in the natural, you can't see what God is doing. And I would say to you today, hear me. Like don't disengage. Hear me. Many times as we're walking with the Lord, we can't see that God is at work in the background. Furthermore, sometimes God, some of you aren't going to like this, but listen, there are times in your life where barrenness is a gift. There are times in your life where God is not giving you the thing you're asking for now because he's using that thing to prepare you to steward it well, one, two, so that he can work things out of you that are what? Doubt, fear, and unbelief. And until those things die on the inside of you, you will never be able to properly steward an Isaac. And so God found a man in Abram who had locked eyes with God. God was his and he was God's. And they had this relationship. And all of a sudden, he takes his eyes off of God and he begins to look at what he doesn't have. Thank God that he is so gracious and so patient. That one chapter later, he's already like, oh my gosh, I don't see it. And God's like, listen, he comes and he reconfirms his promise because God is good. I said God is good. So watch this. Chapter 12, given a promise. Chapter 15, the promise is reconfirmed. He's saying, listen, believe. The Lord counted it. And watch. In chapter 15, the Bible says that Abraham believed the Lord. Abram believed the Lord. And the Lord counted it to him as righteousness, which wasn't even available at this time. (sighs) Chapter 15, he speaks to him. He counted him as righteous. What happens in chapter 16? Listen, we're tracking through the Bible. You need, to, you need to have it open. 12 promises given. 15, he grows weary. 16, it says this. Now, Sarah, Abram's wife, had not been able to bear children for him, but she had an Egyptian servant named Hagar. So she said to Abraham, the Lord has prevented me from having children. Go and sleep with my servant. Some Jerry Springer type stuff. Perhaps I can have children through her. And Abraham agreed to her proposal. He went with the Egyptian woman and gave her as a wife. So Abraham had sexual relations with Hagar and she became pregnant. But when Hagar knew she was pregnant, she began to treat her mistress with contempt. And now watch what happens. You have Abram, a person of promise, given a promise He becomes discouraged, chapter 15. The Lord confirms this promise, and then he says to himself, and I believe this is something that happens a lot in the church today. Well, since I can't see what God has told me in the natural, why don't I just try to make it happen myself? And a place where God is calling us, listen, this is not complicated. 
I'm talking to you about you trying to make things happen versus you resting in the Lord and allowing them to happen. This is huge. Because in chapter 16, Abraham decides to take matters into his own hands. At this point, he was called Abram still. He chose to take matters into his own hands, and he births a, a, a son named Ishmael. And as you read through the story of Abram's life, Ishmael becomes a problem because it was never God's original plan. And there's always a temptation for us in our lives. This is the reason I believe a lot of times in the church we don't see God moving in power or we don't see him moving or, 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 or his presence remaining because God comes and we begin to try to fabricate and control God instead of allowing him to move. And instead of giving birth to Isaac, we begin to birth Ishmael's. And here's, here's, here's what I want you to hear today. Every single one of us, we have a choice or we have to assess what kind of decisions we're making in our life. So Ishmael is born and God comes to him and he changes his name to Abraham and he calls him a father of many nations. Before Isaac was even born, because the Lord will speak to you and he will call you something before it even happens in your life. Listen to me. God does not see you the way you see yourself. That's why sometimes you come into this place and you'll begin to hear the Lord speak to you and you'll say, no, I, I can't receive that because I don't see myself that way. God is calling you higher and he's speaking to things as though they are, even though they aren't yet. Are you understanding what I'm saying? And so now he's here. And Abraham speaks, God speaks to Abraham again. He changes his name to Abraham, the father of many nations. And Abraham goes, why can't you just use Ishmael? And God says, no. And I want you to hear this today. Because for you to walk in destiny, for you to walk in promise, it's not going to happen through that that was birthed from you. So, for instance, we would come to the church and we would begin to make our own plans or try to say things or do things. And then we would take it to God and say, God, can you please bless this? Instead of allowing God to birth, God, where are you leading me? God, what are you doing? Listen, between the, the moment God spoke to Abraham and the moment Isaac came, it was 25 years. It's quiet. You're like, oh, I'm waiting 25, I'm waiting 25 years for nothing. I'm, waiting 25, I'm Amazon Priming over here. And so you read this story, chapter 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 21. He was given Isaac. And you see the journey of a man who, who had struggles. Even though the God called him as righteous, he had struggles waiting for the real thing. And I would say to you today, would you wait? God told him, no, I will not bless him. And you see when, when Isaac comes... Abraham has to send Ishmael away because what was birthed from you will always get in the way of what God is trying to do in your life. That which flows and originated with you will always stop you from entering into the destiny that God has for you. That's why in Joshua 6, as the people of God were about to enter into the promised land, God told Joshua, tell the people to purify themselves. Now we think to ourselves, oh, that's religion. Oh, no. 
That word there, to purify or to consecrate yourself, means to divorce yourself from everything that did not originate from him. I don't know about you, but I long for this because to be married to something is to be yoked to it. And I in my life do not want to be yoked or, 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 or you're in union with something that does not originate from him. Especially if it stops me from entering into my promise. And so now here comes Isaac. The Lord tells him, the Lord tells him, you must send Ishmael away. Listen, the temptation for you to settle and to be okay with an Ishmael is huge because I guarantee you this. I guarantee you that Ishmael looked like Abraham. It was Abraham's seed. I guarantee you he walked like Abraham. He talked like Abraham. And the temptation for you in this life would be to settle for something that looks like God, but is not truly him. For you to live your life off of a pastor's sermon. For you to be okay watching other people enter in and say, well, well, I'm a part of a hungry church that must be good enough. I say to you, no. I say to you today, will you submit your life in such a way that you recognize the things in your life that originate with me? I'm not saying God doesn't want to use you. I'm not saying he doesn't love your dreams, your imagination. What I'm saying is it must be birthed through him and his timing and his plans. And, and that thing, when it comes in this story, it would be Isaac, was the very thing God would use to fulfill every single promise. But it came 25 years after. And furthermore, you read the story. And by chapter 21... He sends, he sends Ishmael away. Chapter 22, God speaks to Abraham. And the Bible says Abraham's faith was tested. It said some time later, God tested Abraham's faith. Abraham, God called. He replied, yes, here I am. He made himself available. And then God said to him, take your son, your only son, yes, Isaac, whom you love so much, and go to the land of Moriah and go... Go what? Go sacrifice him as an offering unto me, which I will show you. Now follow me. Follow me. Because there are times in your life where the things that God gave you can become a stumbling block for where God is trying to take you. God spoke to him a promise. Furthermore, it's interesting that he would call Isaac his only son because we know he had two sons, but God only recognizes that which came from him. And now the very promise that he gave him, he's asking him, go up on a mountain and I want you to kill that thing. This isn't metaphorical, this is real. And I feel that by this time in Abraham's life, He's learned a lot of lessons. I birthed an Ishmael. My wife's always mad at me because I slept with her servant. <laughs> Nothing's going right. And it said immediately he went up to the mountain. And he went on his journey. This story is so interesting to me, man. His son's asking him like, hey, yo, dad, where is the sacrifice? 
<laughs> and Abraham's like, God will provide. They go up on a mountain, and, and, and it literally says that Abraham tied him with ropes, and he's getting ready to kill his son, and an angel of the Lord says, do not touch him. What, what is God doing in this moment? Because it would be easy for you to read this story and be like, wow, that's harsh. Like, look at this God who's asking him. He's making sure that in Abraham's life, he is only. This is Revelations 2 being lived out. Abraham, I know that you left. I know that you serve me. I see your deeds, but, but he's testing in his life. Are you willing to lay down even that? I promise you to fully have me. And I feel that's the question he's asking us as a bide today. Not here to play games. This is not a spiritualized friendship factory. This is a company of believers. This is an army that is being prepared to do the work of the ministry. But it cannot happen as long as we are giving birth to Ishmael's. And as long as we let Isaac take a place in our heart, what is Isaac? The things God has given to us. That they would take in our place in our heart that would only be reserved for God. Listen, you can do a lot for God and not love God. The Bible makes that clear. Just because you're doing something for him does not mean you're doing it unto him. And what I feel the Lord challenging with, he's challenging us with today is can I be your only? Will you love me fully? Some of you, because of like the churches you grew up in, all you hear is, there he goes, he's asking me to kill Isaac. That's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying, will you allow God to take you on a journey that you would have a new revelation of who he is? In churches all the time, we say, oh, we sing songs, Jehovah Jireh, my provider. We have a revelation of God as provider. He provides. He supplies. You've got to know that that word, Jehovah Jireh, is only in the Bible the moment somebody was about to kill his son. The revelation that we stand on today came from a man who was willing to sacrifice everything to have him as only. Oh, it's quiet. So here's what I want to do today. I want to give you a moment. Hey, Lance, you want to come up? Can you give me a couple moments? Thank you, Boot. You always wonder why Boots is in the front row. Just, it's just constant affirmation. Even my wife was like, no, I'm kidding. I want to pray. Can we just turn our attention? Let's not talk about the Lord and leave without, without turning our faces into him. Because some of you, it's time for you to part ways with Ishmael. I can't tell you what that looks like, and I'm not trying to make it complicated. For some of you, it will be friendships. For some of you, it will be thought patterns. For some of you, you need to let go of anger, rage, frustration, that you have been feeding and feeding and feeding and feeding. Listen, what you feed yourself matters. What you feed yourself matters. Just as much in the physical as it does in the, in, in the spiritual as in the physical. Like, I didn't just get this shape for no reason. I had to sew. 
Here's what I'm learning. I'm not even going to go there. Here, let's do this. Let's stand. Let's just change our position. Father, right now we push away all busyness, all shame and condemnation. We just cast them. We cast them away. And Father, right now I ask you, I ask you to show us the things in our life that are not birthed from you. I believe right now he's going to speak to you. Listen, maybe for you right now, you're like, man, I'm fully yielded and surrendered. I want to ask you to pray for those who are on this journey. Father, what in our lives has gotten in the way? What in our lives has gotten in the way of you being everything right now? Just ask him. Just ask him. Yeah, we just sit in your presence, God. Man, some of you can be delivered right now. You've been stuck in cycles. You've been stuck in cycles of frustration. You feel so far from God. I'm telling you right now, that can be broken right now. Let go of your pride and repent. Oh, wow, I feel the Lord. Jesus, we let go of sexual immorality. Jesus, we let go of fear. Yeah. We worship you, Lord. Listen, I'm going to ask you right now, if you're here, and you say, there are some things in my life I need to release. Some Ishmaels in my life I need to release. What a coincidence that my mic would go off in altar time. God's wanting to do something right now. Listen, if you're here right now, and you say, there are some things in my life that need to go. And I surrender those things right now. Would you just lift up your hands all around the room right now? And just receive right now. Come on, look all around the room. We receive, we receive God. And we let go. We let go of the Ishmael's God. And we embrace a season of dreaming with you. Come on, just tell him, I release I release whatever that is and I send it away to receive whatever it is you have from me, God. Again, this is a choice, but some of you right now are going to receive fresh revelation, fresh oil. Oh yeah, I feel that. Fresh oil from the Holy Spirit right now. We cast down every stronghold right now. Jesus, would you be the center? Let that be your anthem right now. Yes, Lord.
on, don't turn your attention. We yield ourselves. All about you, Lord. Jesus, Jesus. done this in this church before but I really feel right now that some of you need to renounce like you need to verbally say I divorced myself from blank I'm serious right now as, as, as much as I feel this mic in my hand I feel in my spirit it's time for you to verbalize out of your mouth it's, this isn't a time to play halfway in halfway out for some of you you need to say out of your mouth I renounce I divorced myself from Come on, right now. I release it and I give it away. No matter how long you've been bound in the name of Jesus, the word says, who the sun sets free is free indeed. Not halfway free, not partially free. You are free. We speak freedom over you right now. Freedom over you right now. It's a new day. It's a new day.